and then sometimes they would. Weren't you doing some paint on cellophane? Uh, well, I had done. I had done a good deal of that before going there. Yeah, a lot of it dates from '57. That's right. But it was, you didn't do it anywhere. You're in Chicago. I, uh, I, I did some printing while I did oh, some printing while I was there because uh, you had two exhibits while you were in Chicago. One at ID and one at the Art Institute. Doing that. Oh no, the Art Institute was a was a subsequent date. That's just. Oh, was after you come back from Chicago. That it might have been much the same. later. Much later. See, there's a much confusion later. here. You have two Art Institute shows down here. Do I? Yeah. So maybe the 58 one is... That was ID. Uh, wasn't there. I mean, that's that doesn't exist. The other one's in 63. Uh-huh. Okay. So this one actually was much later. Yeah. While he was there in 58, there was a show at the ID. Right. That's yeah, near. Yeah, the Art Institute. Right. Oh, I see. But see, it says the Art Institute. Okay. So that's just wrong. Yeah, so I got a misplaced when I was going along. Okay, well, um... I don't know if I knew it might have been, it was probably me that made the error, but it might have been on the chronology if someone else made the same, just as a clerical error. God knows what can happen. That was paintings drawn Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so we really, you said really, in effect, that you really, uh, even though the energy might have been a drain, in some respects, you really were getting something back. I was getting a lot back, and I, and, uh, I was seeing, I was seeing uh, how people were struggling uh, making images, uh, or whether they were struggling or not. I was seeing different images. And uh, there was always a speculation, you know, uh, how you would, you know, uh, would have, what, what you would have done to, you know, to do it better in the first place, or what you would do to correct this now, you know. And, and yeah. I was very, uh, I was very uh, uh, positive and helpful, and I didn't play mysterious like, like you know, it seems like uh, maybe Aaron and, 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 and Harry do somewhat. I mean, I don't mind telling the students, you know, or, or suggesting a way, you know, just like we work, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I figure it's like, like I'm in the, in the act with a student. I help him in every way possible. He's doing it himself. It was his own idea to start with. I mean, how the hell can I basically, do you believe in the, in, the, in the negative so little that you think because somebody says something about it that's going to change the negative? No? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not, 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 not being realistic, you know? Yeah. So I was really very helpful. And a lot of people, uh, there were a few students who took uh, exception to this, and uh, they are only graduate students. Yeah, but, I was going to ask about the, the different levels of students. But a, few, uh, but a few that did take exception later saw the, the error of their ways, and, and boy, were they sorry. I mean, you know, they were sorry in the sense that they, they told me, you know, Called um, me up later from Chicago, you know, two, two, two years, year. two, three years later, to mm -hmm. tell me. Well, the light had dawned on. Slowed down. Are there any people from that, that graduate class that uh, we would recognize in general today, or just I mean, any names of people? Well, a lot of people going to school who, of course, uh, have some notice today. Well, the. Uh, um, What's his name? Charles. Jockner. Yeah, Jockner. Joe Jockner was really, you know, was, was, uh... Swedland. Swedland. was one of the people who, uh, who was, uh, you know, he, he took exception because he was, uh, and uh, he called me up two years later. 
after I was back here two years. And I was so surprised with that. She said, Swedland, and I said, uh, uh, like, uh, well, what, what's happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, what would ever make you call me? <laughs> well, what happened? Well, he uh, said, oh, he said, uh, I'm, I'm, going, uh, I'm going to Mexico, and I, I uh, would like to ask you if you would mind if I stopped by there. And, you know, I said, I said, this is a, this is a, I said, it's a long way. There's a much more direct way for you to go to Mexico than, than come by here. And he says, oh, and I, I, I like to, I like to see you. You know, it's like sort of, well, after he, uh, he, he came, you know, uh, uh, it was a couple of days and then it was fine. He sort of, sort of have let his hair down, you know. He says, God, what a blunder. What a blunder some of us did, you know at the time, you know. I've been looking at some of these things since, and I said, my God. Huh? And so on. Yeah. That's, uh, it's nice that it only took him two years. In a sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you feel it like uh, that uh, you, you made remark that the sophomores were more interesting to work with. Did you feel that, that they had a kind of motivation or a kind of commitment that the graduate students had? or? or you know, you know, a lot of people felt that the upper-level students were better to work with just because they were more committed to what they were doing. No, the, uh, it's a, it, it of course depends you know, on the group of people you get. Sure. But uh, it worked with a few good workers in there. It was amazing that uh, I was lucky, you know, they had the, and, and having these two days together, these guys were just, they were completely, they were completely dedicated for two days. You know. It was really tremendous. How about the, the role, now you've also, we should talk a little about Prescott College here too, I suppose, because I don't really know what exactly you did for them, uh, and I'd like to know just while well, we're going to talk about teaching, what your what was the nature of what you did at Prescott College? Because I've seen this title, uh, Coordinator of Fine Arts, yeah. but that doesn't tell me anything really. Well, uh, what that title actually covered was, was to have a man around uh, with some kind of a title assigned so that the place then wouldn't look entirely too lonely and too forgetful of these things. <laughs> but the intent was not to do anything about it. <laughs> that's, I see, well, that's pretty clear. Yeah. But he didn't follow the intent. Yeah, and, but I didn't follow the intent. And uh, so they had me in a, as, a, as an advisor, you know, on, a, on, a, on their payroll for a while. I started. And, uh, well, somebody got, somebody got me acquainted with them and, and then they uh, they needed uh, they needed somebody to help them, and they wanted some art books, you know, in their life for their library anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I so I said, this isn't very difficult. I'll do. I'll make you a list of what I have, and they they, they looked at me like like says madman, you know. Well, because what they don't realize is that I I have the absolute ideal art library. I don't. I have no gaps in there. I mean, the gaps are there because uh, either if that gaps there is because I haven't been able to see the right book and been able to get hold of it, or or because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the museum without walls. Yeah, it's it's right there. I mean, I've, I've had to do this out of necessity. I couldn't wait until Prescott College came along. <laughs> I had done this already. You see, but they they didn't understand this. And this this came out again later. They didn't, this is one of the same men I was dealing with didn't quite understand this because I said to him, you know that. Uh, it, it's a, uh, it's not a good policy to let the librarians, you know, just go and, and look at book lists and, 
in all the art books, it's, it's, it's ridiculously expensive, and they buy things that they are not in a position to judge whether they are really competent books in the. And this guy uh, thought that this was, was uh, pretentious in a way on my part. And I said, what I was saying is that, uh, what I said to him, the collection should be such that any student at Prescott College who picks up any book, no matter where he picks it up, he should pick up the best of its kind. That doesn't mean that we're talking about big art books. We're talking about everything that if, you know, if there's a way of making a substitution for one that is a little deficient in something, we will do this so that the guy does not pick up the one that is weaker, you know? And, uh, and then we don't pretend to be infallible, but that's the way to do. Mm. And that's, that's the only way to do. So did you teach classes, actually? And, and uh, well, the, the way this happened was, uh, was uh, they said, well, uh, okay, so we will start and we have you, you know, as an advisor and, and you can help us a book list and, and uh, and we need you around, you know, from time to time, to be, to, to uh, be, uh, uh, take part in the, in the faculty conferences, you know. So that you were a retainer, like yeah. a lawyer, almost. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and uh, then maybe, uh, th and then we'll see how soon, you know, the, the, the student body, you know, because this was the beginning of this operation, uh, will sort of require, you know, a call for, for uh, some art classes or something. Mm -hmm. Now, pardon me, was Prescott College a beginning operation at that point? Oh, yes, absolutely. Just, it just st started, started in 66? Started in 66, yeah. And 60, ended in... Fall of 65, Francis? 66. I'm not sure. Fall of 66. Well, it ended about two years ago? Something like that? A couple of years ago? Went bankrupt, I understand? Yeah, it went bankrupt uh, earlier than that. I'd say well, it went bankrupt probably about 70, 75, 71. The last graduation was spring of 75. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, go, go on with the, about the classes. Sir. Well, what what happened was, and then uh, of course I I was I was in on the uh, on the uh, some of the uh, planning, actually general discussion, the faculty and so forth, you know, in general, mm -hmm. and uh, and they uh, they didn't take me exactly for a dummy to start with, you know, so, so it was they they were listening some, but they didn't know really, you know. Uh, what, what it was that they really should have listened to more carefully. They would have saved them a lot of money about other things. And uh, so uh, they asked me to to, uh, to come over on the, for the, uh, what, what do they call it, when the students show up, you know, and you, uh, orientation. orientation, you know, a, day, a couple of days, uh, orientation is sort of a touchy thing. And so I was in on that. That was very interesting. <laughs> and it was a damn good thing I was. Because uh, it helped to it helped to uh, to to uh, you know to to uh, to orient the students a little bit away from some things that uh, you know I was a much better guy at presenting things than they are. You know? It's a slight disorienter, but it all comes out of the end. Yeah, and uh, so uh, so that that went by, and I and I got to know and this orientation was interesting too. I got to know quite a few of the students that later. Some of them were kind of kind of ordinary. There was one kid that t later turned out to be quite somebody. But th this went by, and, and uh, in the meantime, I was seeing, you know, just showing up on the campus once in a while, and I would sit around in the, in the commons, and, and, uh, and well, anyway, so here, here for, uh, uh, for uh, let's say, for uh, months, you know, I've been meeting the student body. 
I sit in on the commons and, and I talk to a few students or a few students would sit down, you know, and I knew some of the faculty people getting along well. And he, uh, and he uh, and pretty soon uh, some other students uh, wanted to talk to me because, you know, Bill and this guy and this guy talked to me and they, you know, talk, you know, pretty soon I was the only guy on that they really wanted to talk to, you know. <laughs> it just became a problem because I, some people thought I was going to be a guru, wanted to be a guru, you know. Mm -hmm. Hell, I want to be left alone. I said, these students like better food. I mean, for one thing. <laughs> and they don't like to be treated like idiots. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, what happened was, uh, one day, innocently, the guy who was the dean asked me, Fred, uh, uh, do, you think, do you think that uh, we could next, uh, next uh, how they, were they, were they by quarters, term of quarters? I said, do you think do you think uh, you want to have a, a you know do a do a class in, uh, next quarter? Do you think it's uh, is it too soon? What do you think? Do you think would would, would there be uh, you know enough students? In, in, in? And I said, oh, no. Then he uh, I just said, well, I I, I imagine so. And, and, and you know, I said, you know, I just and and knowing that this is going to be just a mom, you know, <laughs> but I didn't. I wouldn't. The one who didn't want to stick my neck out at the same time either because you never know what the hell students would do, you know, in a situation like that. But anyway, so he, the guy said, what do you think? We have five? Do you think you have six? Well, I said, sir, it might be a dozen. But you think, and then I said, who knows? There might be quite a bit more. Who knows? You know? Well, it just turned out that, the, that the, God knows, I think about 50 people wanted to get in out of a out of a class of 75, 50 people wanted to get in this class. Uh -huh. And at that point, they started to begin to listen, you know, a little bit, like a little wonder, you know. So what was the nature of the class then? Oh, what I, I did, uh, I always, I did all sorts of variations on, on, on how to present aesthetics. And uh, the last class that I did was uh, bioaesthetic physics. And that had them, had the, had the, so-called uh, tough physicists, you know, worried and like I was going to, you know, except the physicist that was really working with me also. Uh -huh. I mean, he. Uh, I think you mentioned his name. Yeah, Doctor Stewart. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. So the kind of teaching that you, did that class continue on that basis for a few years, or was it different every term, or how did it? No, that too. Yeah, every. Uh, you mean what I was doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, you know, but it was all, all through it, of course, there was a, this uh, sense of co the, the cohesion of which uh, design and, and the way of life, you know, is, is, is all deeply tied up and is a function. Did, did you teach anything that would be called uh, under a general rubric of like a studio art class or a photography class per se? Nothing, nothing. I was trying to stay away from all of these things. I was advising them to stay miles away from it and that there would be plenty of time. If one of the people wanted to learn knitting, let them go to town. To if they wanted to learn more about knitting, let them go to town. Yeah. You know? Or buy their underwear someplace. <laughs> Did the classes involve a lot of reading then? And that's what I was trying to get, what I was working in. And what I was working on the hardest, although that was not what I was making my main project by any means, 
but I, you know, on the side, nevertheless, I was working very hard to get them to go, to get the students to go into the hard, so-called hardcore courses. And I've converted more of the students to the hardcore courses after talking to them about, you know, the, the things that they were interested in. You know, they thought that they, I said, you, you can't, you cannot, uh, you know, explore this kind of, you tell me your interests are such, and I, you know, we've been talking a lot, you know, you sit around, you know, by the hour. And uh, you can only extend this and make this a reality by having a touch of this, having a touch of this. Well, don't say that you, you, uh, you, you don't like this kind of uh, class or this type of uh, subject. You may have had a bad teacher. You may have had somebody who were, it was not contagious. So you've got to deal with people only who are contagious. <laughs> yeah. Communicable. Communicable disease. Yeah. Well, so then the other, if I'm if I'm correct in my information, the other main sort of teaching format, which really hasn't been as long in, in time, was like when you were at a Pyron, in a, in a workshop sort of a format. Yeah, I had never I I had never really done a type of I mean just that type of format. Like uh, I've done all sorts of short stands, I guess, various ways, but mostly, so mostly the, lectures. Extemporaneous. Know. Yeah, yeah. How, how long was the Pyrrhon thing? Was it a 10 day or one week? No, two one week. week. The first one was nine days. Was it nine days, the first one? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. The second one was a week. I thought it was uh -huh. two weeks. It was a, well, I don't, I only have reference to one. No, I just want to see something else. In 72. Oh, it's 73 also. Uh-huh. Summer. That's where all my information ended, was 73. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, going back to Prescott College, before you really uh, okay, sure. leave this, now, if I'm right, so, sometime uh, in the, there was an interim period here when you did go to Japan. And, and 69. Right, and so coming back after Japan, you, you still taught for, for at least a couple semesters at, yes. at the college. And, and so, the experience in well, Japan gave, gave quite a lot of material yeah. to uh, It to was a very rich quarter because I made a really beautiful presentation of what was, you know, what I thought uh, the Japanese thing was. How long were you in Japan? Six months. Six months in 1969? 69, yeah. And I worked, uh, you know, we really worked at this in Japan. Hmm. Yeah, that was a long trip. In, in the workshop situation, uh, like at a Pyron, um, in such a short period of time, I, I would assume, you tell me, that uh, the way you went about it was similar in a sense to the way you would have gone about it at ID, but without the assignments, that is to say, in a very looking at people's work. That's, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, it, uh, again, I try wood the people in a sense of letting them uh, show me their... their uh, you know, their, their uh, work, the, the test sheets, proof sheets, and then, uh, and then try to help them to, to, uh, to you know, which, which ones to work on, and encouraging them to, uh, to, uh, to uh, underwrite some of their feelings in things that they thought that they hadn't really quite made, you know, and quite, and, quite, uh, and it worked out very, worked out very nicely, a few people. Met some nice people there. Mm -hmm. So, really, the only uh, what I'm the, what I'm getting in a sense then what I'm hearing is that the only time really was that one year in Chicago when you taught in what would be a format that would compare to any other teaching a common teaching experience. 
that anyone had in, in another university, say. There were, the other experiences you had were very unique, were very much... Uh, Everyone is a little different, yeah. Yeah, and that, because, uh, uh, for example, at ID, I was interested in, in uh, your whole feeling about the whole notion of grades, which is a, maybe a very dumb thing, but part of a lot of schools, uh, an important part for depending on who you are, and what you felt about that, or how you dealt with that. Oh, you mean you're asking me that question, how I, uh, how I f felt about grades at the ID? As a teacher, yeah. As a teacher? Well, people weren't, uh, weren't uh, uh, fighting over this issue at that moment. And uh, uh, so I just, I sort of really pretty much followed what Aaron was telling me. He said, you know, Aaron, Aaron was, was uh, sort of helping me to, to, put, to put this into these uh, notebooks. And uh, he mostly did it for me, <laughs> like, like Francis does it for me, <laughs> and like like uh, like Alex does it for some of it for me now too. And uh, it's it's not such a problem, you know. Uh, I think I think the the business of, of whether you're great or you know this is just like passing the buck. I think I think the the, the fundamental problems lie someplace else. Laws and standards to begin with. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that was one of my questions, but I don't feel that I need to ask it yeah. at this point in the interview that yeah. that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what that is. Um, well, I should add, uh, I think might as well add, add a little bit about Dr. Stewart in, you know, in this okay. connection. Uh, there was this uh, this elderly gentleman there who had, was a uh, physicist and astronomer. Yeah, how, how is his name spelled? With a W? S T E W. W A R T. Yes. And uh, he was a, he was retired from Princeton University. He had uh, graduated there and had been a professor. He was a professor emeritus. And he had gotten in touch. Or somebody gotten in touch with him. He li was living in Sedona. In to the college, and so the people, the college people, got in touch with him, and before long he came over and he uh, he uh, was was in on the on the uh, advising, you know, what how to proceed, and was a very valuable. Well, it, uh, uh, first time I met him, it was uh, I sat next to him in a faculty meeting, and uh, he he was attacking, you know, the the uh, a little bit. The, he wanted to put a little bit more rigor into things, you know, and so what he thought were the soft humanities, you know, and so on. And, and, uh, and he, he had also just generally said a, a few things that I want, would have wanted to take exception, you know. But I thought, oh, I'm not going to do it in the, in, the, on the, in the time of the meeting, you know. I'll maybe, maybe catch him later, you know. He's going to be around here, I'll catch him sometime. Mm -hmm. And uh, so right after the, uh, the meeting, uh, I, to talk to a few couple of people there, I sort of tapped him on the shoulder and I said a few things. And before long, we were in a conversation, and we were in a conversation ever after. And uh, and uh, he really, uh, you know, he's, he was the one who said, you know, Fred, we should have met you know, ten years earlier. But he ended up uh, he ended up in, the, in his papers uh, towards the end of his uh, life. I one one paper there 
he said that gave gave me credit for taking his you know making him showing him the the ties into aesthetics mm -hmm. and uh, also. Do you want me to mix this? Pardon? Do you want me to mix this? No. What do you mean mix it? Well, I'll just put it to mixed microphones because it's quiet. All right, sure. Just flip it to mix. Uh, it's still working. Mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's calmed down, it maybe like the pillows. Anyway, go on. The warmth. <laughs> Maybe it's like you, it likes to have a warm and it feels much better. <laughs> sure. Well, anyway, so... uh are talking uh, about his paper. Yeah, yeah, so he was, uh, um, you know, just after uh, we spent, you know, uh, several years together uh, doing uh, classes. The class was his, but I was in there and, and someone else was in there also in doing uh, more, more, more of the... Uh, 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 language possibly and, and logic in certain kind. Anyway, so uh, uh, he uh, he got around. Yeah, he he got around. Uh, uh, he finally said that uh, that the, uh, the 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 next step or the unavoidable step is simply to go into general aesthetics for science. You see, and so on. But that was. By that time, the people who uh, wondered what an unholy alliance that was between Fred Sumlin and this guy, and read that, you know, they probably were, said, God, poor John Stewart got gobbled, up, got gobbled up by Fred Sumlin. Yeah. Yeah. The man who had been a hard-thinking physicist at one time. Uh, hmm. And this was in the form of, of a paper that he that he gave. Or? Yeah, he uh, from time to time uh, he uh, he typed up you know his thoughts about how, uh, he, how his thinking really worked. Yeah, yeah. And he would send out uh, uh, xeroxes of these to friends. That would be a great thing to, to see a xerox. Yeah, we have it someplace. Yeah, yeah. We have it someplace. We we'll have to. We'll have to, uh, have to if I it. find it, if I find it, we went into it. Uh, remember it sometime in the future. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? Huh? No. Yeah. Let's hope I have it. Is it? Yeah. So, well. Okay. Um. The one other major thing you're just looking over your outline is that sure. wasn't talked about was the trip to Europe. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna suggest that, that maybe Hold this is, is a good point to uh, to look at uh, some rather bulk of the photographs, um, or maybe it's too late in the day. You know, it's a, it's a lot of, uh, it's about 35 or 40 things, but it's it's all the uh, smoke and paint and cellophane things oh, and, and all the new You think you've got enough energy to look at some slides? The late in the day doesn't make that well, much well, difference because you're looking at this little well, I mean, thing anyway. Oh. To, uh, well, I don't know if we should I just should came to as to what you were talking about. To really look at those, to mean to spend time properly. Um, Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, why don't we talk about the trip to Europe and we'll start with the slides, then maybe next time. Okay. Why don't we, uh, and of course this trip to Europe relates to that, some of that work, of course, very directly. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, uh, yeah, so, um, 1960, you went to Europe for about three months, is that right? Three months. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you had been to Europe in quite a long time. Really? No, that's right. It was high time to see some things again. And, and, uh, 
See, so yeah, that was 30 seamless. Oh my God, that was 39 years. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yes. 29 years. From 31 to 60 is 29. 29 years. Jesus Christ, no wonder I was dying. <laughs> so the trip was, I take it, sort of a breath of fresh air? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My God, God, I love that railroad ticket. Yeah, the Uriel Pass? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was just gorgeous. I was, I was riding those deluxe, DDD deluxe trains. <laughs> So did you? What did you primarily do, or did you? Did you do anything primarily, or did you try and do everything, or what kinds? Of I did a little, did some photographing as I went along. Not much, not too much. I mean, not that be a burden. You know? mm -hmm. Did you carry the? Did you take the eight by ten? No, no. There's no, only thirty-five millimeter. Mm -hmm. And um, well, for for one thing, you see, I I just just had to do a number of things I've never done before, like. Well, I just wanted to see the really the, the queen. For instance, uh, I wanted to see as many uh, paintings by Bosch as I could see. So I've seen I've seen all of them now, very likely, except the ones in in, in Belgium, which is because still a few left. And uh, all the way to Lisbon, you know, I, I like going to Portugal, but I really wanted to see that Bosch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is a painting that you. Uh, I've seen the ones in Belgium, but I haven't seen. And there's a, some. There's one absolute top, top painting in Belgium, but I haven't seen the one in Lisbon yet. So, so what else did you uh, did you see? Did you and uh, well, what what are the, the main uh, the main loops? Well, I went went to uh, went to Rome, and of course, the, you know, just just have another look at at things, and uh, my uh, reactions in a way were. Of course, by then, you know, very different in a way, and yet, I didn't know. I understand now. It was interesting. You know, the, the differences were the greater limitations that I was putting on my enterprise in the 1930s when I looked at things. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, how how would you characterize the difference between how you felt uh, in 31 and how you felt in 60? I was I was uh, generalizing. You say my great facility was able to take things out of the past and see that they that this was also the Italian Renaissance. I, I mean, I wasn't so bound to the categories, you know, different categories. Say this is this, and this, I'm looking at this again. I'm looking at Italian Renaissance, or, lo or looking at the or looking at the ancient world in the world. You know, and, and, uh, and it was. Uh, and, and I had also the fact that I had played around so much with fragments and, and uh, small things. Mm -hmm. I was able to get so much out of fragments and, and things that I would see in museums, you know, some uh, appreciation. And uh, like, the, like the Termi Museum, I had something out there in the yard that these guys didn't know. It was just a prize piece. They just didn't know. Wait, Termi, what museum? And, and the, the museum, the museum uh, Termi. Termi. That's by the railroad station in, in Rome, you know, the, the, the Vaz of Caracalla, I believe, uh, originally. And uh, so, so then I, I really uh, set myself up in these circuits. Like I, I got on the train, I was just, you know, once I went to Rome, uh, I went to Paris. What happened was I got off the ship, yeah, this is the way the routine was, I got off the ship, in the in the Havre, I believe it was, and uh, got on the boat train to to uh, Paris, 
And I found it that day, you know, I didn't realize I had a cold coming in. This may have been a compound of things. But uh, I, just as I, uh, I was going around the Louvre this uh, that afternoon, wasting time getting over the Louvre, it was very crowded and I could just smell this unbelievable amount of car fumes that was all over the place. Well, for one thing, I was coming off the sea, you know, I hadn't been you know, off the sea and smell any any car fumes or anything mm -hmm. for, uh, for uh, what, for four days, for Probably five days. Sure. Mm -hmm. and, and you took a boat, you took a boat, right? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was on the United States, that was a beautiful ship. Uh -huh. And uh, so uh, I didn't, I, I just spent a very busy uh, afternoon and, and, uh, and early evening there. But before long, I decided, because the way I was feeling, you know, that I'd get the hell out of out of the city and get and and uh, get on the train. Mm -hmm. So I rode the night train to Rome. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, you were traveling alone. I was traveling alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it turned out, you know, there's always something that happens at night that doesn't happen during the day. <laughs> like, for instance, going through Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, and something that I never realized that, that you see these little buildings along the railroad station sometimes, you know, during the day, but you know, what so what? But this was a little bit larger one, you know, that during the day when I paid any attention to it. But here it had fairly good sized windows and they were all lighted. And you should have seen the inside of these little powerhouses, you know. They were just they were just the pictures, you know, of the, the cleanliness and organization of this at, at two o'clock in the morning, you know. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, in the in the, in the uh, Swiss Alps or just over the border, you know. And, and uh, anyway, so so um, I went down to uh, went down to Rome and uh, got rested up, and then started to look at Rome. And then I didn't waste any time getting uh, getting on my first circuit, because I sure I sure uh, you know I got a taste of what it was to ride in those trains, you know, first class and. And you know, this reminds me of that your first your train ride from Hoboken up to Buffalo, New York. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you yeah. were talking about the, seeing all the backyards and the sense yeah. of the country. You know, this is what I'm. I just yeah, that was very uh, that that was very exciting because I remember writing to my father, you know, telling him a little about this, you know, you how neat all this stuff was, you know. And when I think of now, what how horrible the backyards of the New York Central, you know, what's left. Yeah. It's become. But this train ride you just described is like... It's also, it's also that, of that nature, you know, yeah. that, that way uh, characterizing the country. Well, so the first uh, first loop that I made, because we always had to sort of make this a loop, because you know, to make it really productive, was to go up to Florence, I believe. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I had several days there. And then I, then I went to... Um, then I went to... to to directly, I think, to, to uh, Venice. I spent several days in Venice. And then one, then I made the effort, one early morning, uh, I got up and, and, and managed to get on that seven o'clock train that leaves to go to, go to Vienna. And so all day long, all day long, from seven in the morning to eight, eight o'clock at night, Vienna time, I sat, I sat at one time or another in this train. And, and across the, 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 the view, you know, and those things, uh, you know, as we got into Austria, were even more fabulous than Northern Italy, it seemed. These beautiful lakes and tremendous uh, uh, lush pine forests and, 
And, uh, and then about lunchtime came along, <laughs> and uh, a train stopped at a, at a you know, station someplace. And I hear was somebody pushing along a cart. And I wonder what they were selling. And they, and they had some very large uh, uh, Vienna-type sausage. I was, I was going to ask about the food. But yeah. <laughs> and here, and here was, a, was a bun, some kind of a bun, a nice bread, a roll. And there was a large, very large uh, cup with a lot of mustard in it. I thought, geez, these guys must really eat mustard in this country. Yeah, it's, it's baking, yeah. Well, I started on this thing. You know, when I, when I got through, I had some mustard left. And I just ate every bit of that mustard straight. <laughs> it was bread? So, in a, the last traces of bread, you know? It was just so marvelous. <laughs> Absolutely so marvelous. I mean, the quality of this, you know? It's just, just unbelievable. Uh, and so you just, you made in the three months a number of, did you kind of use Rome as a base? I used Rome as a base, yeah. You made uh, Lorna, Lorna Nevin was there with uh, two kids of hers. And, uh, and uh, that sort of made it easy. I mean, had somebody to talk to. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and you know, spend some time and get the clothes washed and, <laughs> and, you know, and so on. And I think we, we already described uh, about why you didn't try to connect with Max Ernst because of the accident. You had. That was at the very end of the yeah. That yeah. was at the very end of the trip. And. Uh, Well, uh, we could uh, we could take this as a place to stop. Let's stop for a while. Yeah. Shall I hit this? Button? Well, let me uh, let okay. me just listen to it once and see how it's really how it's uh, doing. It it like it was a bit. This is Monday morning, December 6th, interview with Frederick Sommer. And, sure, <laughs> take that up. And we are rolling. Maybe I'll just sit here and pull this out a little ways. I thought we could actually come more close if you want to. Well, this is just so that you don't doesn't get in the way of your foot here. No, I'm sorry. Oh, the chair. In case you, in case you need to get on this mic. Well, I've got it on. Oh, oh, that mic and this mic are both working, and that way we we're covered. And if that starts to squeak, we'll just bury it in. On that corner of the cover of the window, partly covered. We'll use um, the liner only if you I don't think it'll be necessary. I think I'll be okay. If, you if your eyes bother you, we'll just pull the yeah, curtain. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is fine. Uh, I thought what we could do is um, talk about some people that, whose names we've mentioned without really talking about it directly, or some people we haven't mentioned. And then after we've gone through some of this and sort of warmed ourselves up, 
we could look at the, the second half of the slides of, of your work that I have. Mm -hmm. um, and probably a good person to start with, whom you've mentioned several times, but about whom I have very little concrete idea, is Forrest Davis, um, who's sort of been a character in some of these stories. And just to sort of fill in a sense yeah, of well, who he, he is. He, he came in on that uh, on the first experiment, you know, the experiments there. Now, was he a resident of? Tucson, Arizona at the time. Uh-huh. Excuse yeah. me, are you talking about Forrest? Yeah. Forrest, yeah. That's F-A-U-R-E-S-T. That's not Okay. Notice that yesterday moment. Yeah, say that again. F-A-U-R-E-S-T. Okay, well, it's on Davis. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, was he a musician? Uh, he actually had played in bands, and I don't know exactly what his musical background was, but he was interested in music and and played the piano, and, uh, or still still did play the piano some at that time. Enough. Mm -hmm. also he's a he's a uh, interested in ideas generally, uh, you know. So he wasn't. Although uh, uh, he put out a big show about, but not wanting to do this, you know, how, how mad thought yeah. this was. He uh, he did do it. I mean. Now was he teaching at the university in Tucson? No, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, at that moment, I think, probably just doing. Uh, oh wait a minute! Now, uh, eventually, he may have done some teaching in, in the field privately, of privately, and he was no, he was just oh, teaching, working for the photographically, probably working. Um, as it, we call it a commercial photographer. Oh, I see. And then he moved to the area of San Francisco. And then, uh, then he was uh, was in Los Angeles for a while. Uh, he was working for Lockheed. Uh, as a photographer? Uh, uh, not so direct as a photographer, so generally a consultant in all sorts of problems. What he's, is, he's was a he very knowledgeable. As, a, as an engineer? No, he, well, he, he's been in doing engineering. He has his training actually was in lodging astronomy. Ah. <laughs> I see. And so when, a lot of times when you would go to Los Angeles, you would visit him or stay with him? Yes. Uh -huh. and, uh, and eventually he became a sort of a technical man for uh, for Ansco on the coast, ah. and uh, or the, for the western states. And uh, sometime after that, he became export manager for Ansco. He went, went into the, the uh, selling part of it. And um, he, uh, he spoke and does speak Spanish, so, so um, they tried him in, Spain, in Mexico, and eventually tried him. All over the world. So he yeah. did a lot of traveling for Ansco all over the world. Okay. Um, how about, uh, is there something else we should say about Gerald Nordlin? We just we described his coming through here a little bit. You know, he bought a drawing, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess was the, the force behind uh, the Washington, D.C. show and the going to Pasadena. But is there anything else that we should uh, set down about him in particular, uh, or is that pretty much covering? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, he, he comes in various various ways. I mean, he's been a, a good friend for years, mm -hmm. and uh, I think uh, I think he is. 
would, would have and, and probably would still. Uh, but certainly some time ago he would have done perhaps more with it you know, in museums than, than he did in the, in the places, but he just didn't find the, didn't find the form, didn't find the format, the difficulty. This was just the way that it was also with Egan, who occasionally would think about these things and would, oh, sometimes he'd sit down with me and we'd talk. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but he just, he, he just couldn't see the market, you know. And, uh, mm -hmm. San Francisco exposition, you say? Well, show. Well, you, you, uh, well, there was a, there was a show that, that originated in Philadelphia, uh -huh. which was that catalog, and that, right. that was shown in four places. And, uh, in four places. And the last place that it was shown was, uh, was in San Francisco. Oh, I, I thought it was only in Washington. Oh wait, Philadelphia. Okay. No, 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 don't mix it up with Washington. Right. Rush is I, another I just thing. did, but now I, this is three years later. It's Philadelphia. That's right. It's Philadelphia. Uh, Rhode Island School of Design, a museum there. Oh no, uh, was it? Yeah. 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 Rhode Island School of Design Museum, which had a nice little museum there. Yeah. And uh, then, then was the ID. Uh -huh. And then uh, in Chicago, and then the uh, San Francisco Museum. That was for it. And then just uh, so. Show, uh, you know, a few days after the opening of the show, we left San Francisco to go to Japan. Oh, I see. We tied that all together. I see. Oh, okay, that does tie a few things together, yeah, that I had seen. Uh, the That's why the, the, you'll see the dates so close that you almost think maybe there must be some confusion here. Yeah, well, I had seen a reference to the show in San Francisco and saying you were going to be there and everything. It was quite a large show, and I thought, you know, that would have been a tremendous amount of work to get that show together, and then I see now it was the same show. Okay. Um, what about, you, you mentioned just the, in passing, and maybe that was enough, but you mentioned Man Ray um, in reference to the meeting with uh, Max Ernst. Uh, had you had any particular contact with Man Ray? You would, how did you happen to meet him or you met him in this country around Los Angeles? Yes, in, in, uh, in Hollywood. I don't, I don't exactly remember how I met him first. I think the uh, I think the occasion. Uh, when he or someone else suggested you know, to get in touch with uh, with Fred uh, Simmons, uh, that was already after I had met him some time before. He he spent quite a he spent several years actually in Los Angeles and Hollywood actually. Yeah. Yeah. Not so very far off of Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, he's a <coughs> curious artist in my as Well, how about um, a different tack here? I had seen, I had noticed that there were some books that Jargon Press that Jonathan Williams had published, or is publishing, that some of which include some of your photographs as uh, the counterpoint to the text, really, is a better word than to say an illustration, um, including. Uh, Charles Olson's Maximus poems. There's, I believe, one photograph, uh, which is yours, and you know, published in it. And I wondered, you know, how that came about. Had you met Jonathan Williams at some point, or had he just seen your work through Aperture and contacted you, or what do you recall about that? My uh, somehow I I uh, 
I mean, Jonathan Williams, first time I saw Jonathan Williams when he came here. And uh, he was friendly with, uh, with Egan and with Siskin, and of course he's friendly with so many people. Probably one of the widest uh, connected persons in, in, in the United States. And uh, he was interested in ideas, too. He was interested also in photography already at that time, mm -hmm. to a degree that most people, or most writers certainly weren't uh, that much interested. And so he would stop here and, and uh, he'd, um, talk for a few days. Did he talk to you about using your photographs for these books? Uh, let's see, there was a, one by a man named Richard Braun, which I assume is a book of poetry called Badland. And one by a man named Irving Layton called A Laughter in the Mind. And all three of these have one or so, possibly more. Yeah. Well, sure, I mean, he usually asks me. But you didn't discuss whether this was appropriate to that work. You just let him. No, decide. no, he's a. The uh, remarkable thing about Williams is that he's probably the only, the only man in this country that could be called a book designer, and is and is marvelous. I mean, he's, he's in recent years done, done a few more slipshod things because uh, the idea of fooling around with uh, xeroxing and and, uh, and and doing things in the image of xeroxing, you know, they're 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 modes, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I haven't been all take, that taken with that sort of thing. But it's a way for him to get, get all, all, you know, off of his desk, off of his mind, and just simply to promote the things that he tries trying to promote. But uh, if you, you know, I would say that of all of the people who design books in this country, uh, probably the only guy who could make an exhibition of every one of those things. And it would be a most remarkable thing. Definitely. In fact, a, uh, a book could be made on, just on Williams uh, reproducing. I mean, with fine reproduction, reproducing his, his uh, covers. Mm -hmm. and, uh, some of those were designed by him, other by my friends and my Hook and Cook. And, uh, he traveled around a good deal, and he might go to Germany or might stay uh, a long time, staying in England. Yeah. But wherever he would be, he would before long find out what the, the printing situation was. And he'd meet somebody who had a, a, a touch, you know, about doing a certain particular thing. Mm -hmm. He would find a way to, use, to make a book that would fit that situation. Yeah. So he, he didn't go, he's a smart guy, he wasn't going to go out and ask somebody to do a certain thing for him. He'd find what they could do. So what they could do, and, and uh, of course that's the way to operate. And this is the way I took photographs I mean, all, all my life, I, uh, in terms of the, what the things could do. Yeah. <laughs> this is very, very different. Did you, uh, did, speaking of Jonathan Williams, you know, having mentioned Charles Olson, did you ever have any contact with or interest in following uh, Black Mountain College when it was in existence? I mean, were you particularly aware of its existence or? Uh, Yes, uh, surely. But I don't know what you mean by, by following. Well, I mean, you mean curious about his antecedents, how it came about, and all of that sort of thing? What it was like, or any interest in you know, finding out more about it, visiting it? Or... Uh, no, because you see, uh, the, my, uh, my taste, my, uh, my mode of operating, and so forth, uh, was already formed before Black Monk. And to some degree, uh, 
the Bauhaus world and the German world or the, uh, the European world of printing and so forth. It was also influential in my, my outlook on things. But uh, I was aware of those things before Black Mountain became. Mm -hmm. uh, no, not necessarily before it got to operating, but before it was generally uh, something aware mm -hmm. to the public. Yeah, I mean, you must have known something about it through Siskin, through Spanish Summer Down in English. Well, uh, what uh, could you, uh, uh, did you lay your finger on one black mountain that on the way uh, the first year? Well, actually, I think the very first year was, was as early as uh, 38, um, 39, and then, but it was really, it ended around 56. It was really the early 50s would be the period most likely when. You know, when the photographic people uh, began to come in, Jonathan Williams was there. Well, by 1931 and 32, I was already well aware of the printing world in Europe and, and France role and all those people. And, uh, and uh, there, uh, even, even uh, previous, and there, there are even some sources of the Bauhaus. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, and I knew the Bauhaus books. I've seen the bombs picks up in some of them uh, in Switzerland in 1930. Did you ever happen, just occurs to me, to, to meet uh, Maholi when he was in this country? No, uh, uh, I just, uh, I would have said, yeah, uh, probably met Maholi if I then, you know, in Chicago anyways, anyways during the time he was there. But he was on there for a He was there when we were really, when we just, uh, um, we've talked about Edward West, of course, and, and uh, I don't know, maybe there's something... See, the, the, uh, well, I want to emphasize again, uh, I was very, uh, very much and very much in the know of the, of the formal implications of the, the design and uh, fundamentals and interest of these people, that, you know, are mm -hmm. Uh, to the degree to which Americans have never even gotten to yet. And that is, uh, they're interested only in the occupier. They were interested in the fact that these letters had this, looked a little like this, or looked more like that, or that you printed in rose or uppercase, or uh, the distribution of the page, an American distribution of the page and the printed page is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. And just recently, uh, I'll give you an example of what Harold or somebody down there in Phoenix did. Yeah. Oh no, that wasn't that. No, no, it wasn't that. Was that. Oh, they did some things too, but uh, there's a quotation in Maggie's, uh, uh, well, whatever the name is, like, uh, in, well, um, um, Who's, who's the uh, young photographer that has just put out a book? In, of, uh, in, 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 in his photographs, he works in. Find mine, Light. Uh, well, what's the, is the photographs of groups of people? Uh, yeah, yeah. Neil Slayton? No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's Emmett, Emmett. Oh, Emmett Gowan. It, it's Emmett Gowan. Yeah. Well, he has a quotation of mine in the front of the book, you know, and I'm, I'm just delighted that he's using it. Uh -huh. But you should have seen how what they did. These, they, they, they just completely... Uh, uh, changed the position of the lines around, in other words, they all just centered it all, uh -huh. completely ruined it. Uh -huh. I mean, whether Emmett did that or anybody else did, I suppose it was somebody who was in charge of the book. I don't think Emmett would have thought Probably. of doing that. Yeah. 
and uh, they, they either uh, want to do this to harmonize with the, or the one below it, or there's a quotation of somebody else. But the odds are that that's, you know, was printed in any other, some other way. And so somebody just said, let's let's do it in the same way. You know? And they ruined them both. It's a disaster, you can't read them. And, and uh, I, I just bring this out, not to, to uh, <laughs> At this point, to annoy anybody, least of all Emmett. But, but just as an example of a complete, and again, this is what would you say? I mean, well, wouldn't you agree that if there was any sense to this notion of plan, you know, I'm planning generally, that I'm thinking, that this it comes under the category of the area that is most neglected. It's the plan of things, yeah. the layout, the fundamentals, the map. Yeah. They are, and uh, you know, always interested only in occupying, and the, and the weaker people are, are only interested in the, in the uh, what is it, the, uh, cosmetics of the, you know, cosmetic aspects of the occupier. Uh huh. Well, um, let us go on to a few other people here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was just bringing up Edward West, and we had talked about him really in terms of the meeting. And, and so on, and I, I would assume, and tell me if I'm correct, that generally speaking, when you would make a trip to California, uh, if you were in the vicinity of whether he was in Los Angeles at the time or San Francisco, if that's where it was, that you would probably stop and see him. Is that correct? Well, uh, we certainly we didn't necessarily, if we went to California and he was in, uh, I mean, to Los Angeles and he was in, in uh, Carmel, we, that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. uh, that we went all the way to Carmel that time. No, I mean, if he was going to, time, you know. to San Francisco and he'd been in Carmel. Oh, surely, be. surely. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, uh, and that we never saw him in San Francisco, uh, actually. He was there some of the time, for short periods. So, you would have visited him during the time after he had stopped photographing all his illness was progressing? And then we visited him twice after that. The, uh, another question that I kind of have is, did you meet, or, or you must have really met, uh, I suppose, at some point, uh, Brett, in, in your uh, visits to Edward? I didn't, didn't meet uh, Brett. Uh, right away, it's just a matter of you know, overlaps, coincidences. We, we met uh, his youngest son, Neil, first mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. He happened to come in there one day when we were there. On the return visit, uh, that evening when he came back to go to Ansburg's, Neil had just come in uh -huh. with a big fish and was all excited. A <laughs> big fish? Oh, big fish. <laughs> well, um, my question really. Uh, Kind of was was what you thought of the the distinction or what distinction could be made between Brett's work and Edward's work. That's been a subject of some discussion, usually to the detriment. Brett. Yeah. And I wonder if you felt that those. I have. I actually haven't. Uh, uh, wish I had a little bit more chance. I haven't really had uh, uh, just that says work of the last five years. I haven't seen Tom um, anything except a few productions. Yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty pretty hard. It's, um, it in a lot of ways it simply uh, it lacks fluidity, you know, compared to Western. If you want to make comparisons, also uh, uh, Edward uh, Edward was uh, 
was doing things more fundamentally. And fundamentally, uh, it's, it's sort of like working more at the fundamental problems of, of things as a whole. Mm -hmm. So that way you eventually can get some things out of the way and settled. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go back to them. But the individual who doesn't, who doesn't work fundamentally. And they, again, uh, uh, an example of that is, uh, in the lower sense, is the guy who doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Is the guy who, uh, who uh, is not really working at the map. The map's very poor. And his, uh, the, the, the big kick is he found a new occupier for, for things, for, for, uh, for the same mode of operating in this case, since he's not really thinking in terms of maps. Would you say that that's, that's true really of Brett's work? That it's having the, found a certain the, type of map? He's they're very weak in structure. Very, very weak in structure. It's unbelievable. And this is what gives them a, 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 this is what gives them their harshness, you know, compared to uh, to Evans. Look, because uh, when you when you uh, when you don't have that, then the uh, your occupier does not act as a binder for the surface. You see. Mm -hmm. See, these are all very foxy ways of saying it. I mean, very, very foxy ways of having lived it and knowing yeah, my, that, uh, that these are the problems, huh? My smile is as much the way you're saying it as recognizing its application to its work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let me ask about someone else here who we've mentioned, uh, but probably should say a little more about uh, Steve Aldrich. Yeah. Uh, first of all, he came as a student to Prescott College, true? So he was. 66. Or sixty-five, whenever it was, there was one, there was one year we had. There was one. The college had, had been operating one year. I think six. Well, whatever, six, whatever the year was. Huh? Yeah, I think we have that in the tape from before. Sixty-six well, yeah. was the first year you were officially affiliated with something, but uh, could be, could be because the third, the second year, the end of the second year, Steve was there. We went to Japan, so that was, it was 69. That was 69. Yeah, 69, so, so 67, so 66. 66, 67. Yeah, okay. At any rate, that's... Okay, so that was that first year, and... Uh, but he would have been a college-age student at that point. Yeah, what, yeah. what happened What happened was this. We, uh, uh, one year the college, uh, first year had elapsed, uh -huh. and, the, and the students were about to come, you know, for, for the... Uh, for the what is the initiation or the, the orientation, the orientation, <laughs> on a, on a certain weekend or whatever it was, or Sunday or uh, something like that. Yeah, they were supposed to show up about Sunday, and you were in the orientation would start on Monday. And I, I said to Francis, uh, "That's you know this would be the beginning. Of the, you know, I was going to be in on the orientation again." So I said to Francis, "I'm very curious." What kind of uh, bunch of kids we get this time, you know? And uh, so I actually jumped the gun by far, and uh, it was about uh, about two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So and uh, maybe on a Friday, it was a Friday, mm -hmm. and it was uh, as it turns out, it was Steve's birthday, oh. <laughs> and uh, he had come across the country in a beaten up car. Uh, and uh, didn't you know? Didn't want to be late, and so he just got there a little early. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I could see the whole the grounds, everything around there was, was uh, empty and, uh, and hardly anybody in sight. Mm -hmm.
uh, I, I could see the whole the grounds, everything around there was, was uh, empty and, uh, and hardly anybody in sight. Uh, I, I could see the whole...